the graphic equalizer isn't showing anything. Now it is. Hey, there's the thing. Yeah, I, I guess for a minute there it wasn't uh, sending any audio through. So that's cool. Should we start over? Yeah, let's start over. So hey, it's October 17th, and it's time for the Jick and Skullhead Show with Jick and Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead, and I'm happy to be here. Hey, I'm I'm happy to be here too. That wasn't what you said the first time. I thought I thought we were uh, gonna have that same conversation over again verbatim. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, and this is ten dozen minutes of pre-Halloween jitters with Chicken Mr. Skullhead. I'm Mr. Skullhead. Well, I am nervous about Halloween. I'm not really nervous about Halloween. Are you nervous that your costume isn't going to be cool enough for the art kids? I was just kidding about repeating this conversation verbatim. Oh boy, I wasn't. I'm I'm as serious as cancer. Hey, you didn't say that last time. You lose. Oh. Hey, you didn't say that last time. How you been? Let's see, what have we been? Been doing stuff. Been alright. Finally got uh, cold here. Got We got our, our fall after the Indian summer. So that's nice. We're all, that's wearing, racist. Wearing jackets and stuff. Went and got some pumpkins. Gonna carve them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's, a, like, every year we have the visit to the apple orchard that happens in, like, late September early October, and then the pumpkin visit is later, because you don't want to get your pumpkins on October 1st, and carve them on October 1st, and they're toast, you know? Yeah. I also get toast instead of pumpkins. Yeah, that makes it a lot easier. If you and fuck you, it up, you just make some more. Yeah, and you can just, uh, like, score. thought of combining those, though, and making uh, apple jack-o'-lanterns? Uh, apple jack? Yeah, oh, I thought about like making... You get a box of apple jacks, and you cut eyes in the eyes of the apple jacks. Uh, they already have mouths, though, so you know you just have to carve little tiny eyes and a nose in the outside of the ring. What is the Applejack's mascot? Is there one? <laughs> it's a. It's the Apple, um, ja- the Apple Jack off. Jack Nicholson. Uh, I'm gonna do a Google image search for a box of Applejacks and see, because uh, that's entertaining. Uh, yeah, there's no. Uh, there's no mascot. There's no character. Well, this is a thing where the whole ad campaign for a long time was the kids go, we love Apple Jacks, and the parents go, but it doesn't taste like apples, and the kids go, fuck you. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're the savviest marketed candy at all. Cereal. Candy cereal. It's really a basic, calling basically it what it candy. Is, you're calling a spade a spade. Yeah, I'm going to call David Spade and ask him what I should call it. Jack's pretty good, though. I'm going to call David Cross and ask him what he's so angry about. I'm going to call David Crosby and ask if he needs my liver. I'm going to call David Carradine and... Wait, no, I'm not. Aw. Way to, way to go, Captain Bring Down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they call me. Maybe that'll be my Halloween costume. <laughs> if you could design a cool-looking logo for Captain Bring Down, that would be kind of fun to play that character all night. Captain Obvious. Uh-huh. You guys are drinking beer. I came to your Halloween party. Oh. Um, what else? What other captains are there? Hmm. He could be a captain of industry. That's true. I don't know what that costume would consist of. I'm thinking a lot of gears and smokestacks. If you could, oh right. If you make a costume with functional smokestacks, I will be your friend for life. Oh, I was going to do that anyway, but you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got another uh, in going through uh, all of Hot Stuff's childhood stuff. Uh, he gave out at this party that we had this weekend uh, garbage pickle kids that were named after everybody. Oh, wow. Uh, and one of them, I don't 
uh, actually remember what it was. Uh, it was a Zach that I had never seen before, uh, but it was Z A C H, and it was uh, it was like a factory, like a smoke belching factory with a person's face on it. Huh. And I don't. I I wish I hadn't started telling the story because I don't remember what the actual name on the card was. A smoked Zach. <laughs> smokestack Zach. I don't know, man. Um, a smokestack is weird. Because, like, what what is that all about? Is there like, is it because there's like a furnace, and that's where you're ejecting the smoke? Like, what happens in factories that makes big chimneys pouring smoke uh, a common feature of them, or at least an iconic feature of them? Burning stuff. Yeah, but I mean that. The, oh, this is the the factory where we burn garbage bags. Like, I don't know. There's a smokestack that comes out of my house. Yeah, but, uh, but that's for when you're burning stuff like in a fireplace, right? Yeah, that's for um, vents the furnace. And the incinerator in the basement. Yeah. Where you incinerate all your garbage. Of course. Well, when I was growing up, we just burned our garbage in a bucket, in like a like a 55-gallon drum in the backyard. And it would eventually rust through to nothing, and you would put a new 55-gallon drum next to it and start burning your trash in that. You wouldn't try and fit it inside? could have i guess uh, it would have taken up a lot of room you end up you end up with these just like great big piles of really dense ash and like all the metal stuff that wouldn't burn out of your garbage uh-huh. you know when you like throw away something with nails in it like a box of cereal filled with nails like the cereal burns and the box burns but the nails are still there yeah and the nails remember you'd think that the nails would forget but they never forget um that is a really gross practice and I don't understand why, like, why that was okay. Like, not, you know, it's like nobody cared about the environment in the 80s, right? Right. I got all, I guess that's when you started caring about the ozone layer. Yeah. Uh, that became a, uh, that became a, 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 a political lamppost of the day. I'm sure there's a word uh, that I could have used in place of lamppost that would have meant something. Right. Uh, there was a place to hang your hat. Like a lamppost. Uh, but yeah, it was gross. Like you just burned these bags of garbage and it would just smell like there's this smell that I associate with burning garbage that I'm like super glad I never have to smell anymore. <laughs> I mean, I guess you lived out in the country and, and you didn't have municipal garbage pickup. So it was either you burn your garbage or you just keep it all and take, you know, like a monthly trip to the dump. Yeah. Which is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I guess now, I don't know. It didn't say, I don't think it was against the law. To burn garbage. And my dad was a policeman and he did it. Yeah, that's true. I remember once him uh, him finding a field of marijuana plants and then taking them home and burning them in the trash barrel out in the backyard. That's an excellent idea. Yeah, that's how they disposed of it. I think that's what they always do, though. They do burn it. Yeah. They should just mix it with bleach and put it back on the street. That'll learn those kids. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or sprinkle it with PCP. Yeah. So then you could go around arresting people who punch through windshields, and then you'll know who bought that weed. Yep. I don't really know anything about PCP, uh, except that they talk about it in Terminator. And there's all, it's the one drug that kind of catches urban legends. Yeah. Like the babysitter who cooks the kid in the oven because she thought it was a turkey. Mm hmm. 
There was a guy that this was a real story that I read about in some news outlet about the guy that cut his dick off and cooked it and ate it. I don't remember what he was on. Hmm. He was high on life. Yeah, maybe so. Um, yeah, you know, like maybe running was his anti-drug and he just went for a jog and was like, I feel great. Cut my dick off, fry it up and eat it. Uh, I wonder how realistic the portrayal of PCP in Training Day was. I've not seen that one. You haven't seen Training Day? No. That's a little surprising. It's a pretty good movie. It's pretty well regarded. Had an Ethan Hawke in it. Hmm. Sort of modern, creepy skeleton Ethan Hawke. Didn't it have Denzel Washington being all evil? Yep, it did. I think it was Denzel Washington. It was definitely Denzel Washington. Have you seen Man on Fire? No, I haven't. I've lit. That's pretty good. I've lit a couple guys on fire. Oh yeah. I figured that would keep them warm for the rest of their lives. Yeah, municipal guy pickup. So you just burn them out back. Exactly. Um, Man on Fire is pretty good. Have you seen Man on Wire? I haven't. I haven't seen uh, Man on Tires either. That was really boring. Man on Wire was really boring. I stopped watching it after about 15 minutes. I think before I got to the part that would have just been so horrifying that I stopped watching it. Yeah. Because, you know, it's about a guy that sneaks into the World Trade Center and strings a tightrope between two of the buildings and right. then walks, two of them, you know, two of them. Yeah. Uh, between the two towers and then walks across it. Which I just, I, like, my nuts just retracted into my body just then say, saying what that guy did right like i feel like just those little waves of nausea that you get radiating out from your nuts when you think about being up really high maybe uh maybe other people don't get that maybe it's just uh just people who are acrophobic yeah i'm not i don't think i'm so afraid of heights yeah yeah i'm a i'm not that big on falling from great heights mm-hmm I can be up in a plane or up in a tree or at the edge of a precipice and not be nervous, pretty much. You know, I don't think it's fear of heights that makes me scared in planes because I don't really think it. I mean, it's like being in a plane is something about the environment, which I think is just maybe the combination of like noise and pressure just sort of puts this veneer of unreality on everything for me. Yeah. It just it just it, like my perception is being so bombarded that it it just doesn't register as being a real thing, and I find it almost impossible to actually consider what's going on. Huh. Um, but like, yeah, being on the edge of something pretty scary. I overcame it to the extent that was that it was necessary to overcome it to to do the indoor rock climbing stuff. Still hits me pretty bad when I try to climb outdoors. Yeah. Um, also because you, you are often going much higher when you're climbing outdoors. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> and there's also, like, you're not just, like, in a building, right? You can't, like, look over and see another wall with another dude climbing on it. Like, you look over and you just see air and then miles of wilderness or whatever. And it's like, you get a, you get a kind of a, a context that makes you realize, what the fuck am I doing hanging on a rope above this rocky incline? Um... Yeah, Fear of Heights. That came from what? That came from uh, PCP? 
Yep, BCP will make you afraid of heights, so mm-hmm. and it'll make you cut your deck off and eat it. So don't do that. How do we get to talking about PCP? Let's trace this one back. Let's go we were all the way back. Talking about marijuana, and we were talking about marijuana because your dad found marijuana plants and burned them. Right. So we were talking about burning trash. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about burning trash because we were talking about uh, I don't know where did that come from from factories and smokestacks. Smokestacks, yeah, garbage pail kids. Smokestacks. That was after the smokestacks, though. Yeah. Captain of industry. Captain of industry. We got it, buddy. We got it. I enjoy right. doing that, and I bet our listeners don't. Yeah, because they can it. do that manually just by listening to the show again. By, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. See, we can never do that. Though. We can never relive this. Yep. This this beautiful memory. Um. So worked uh, worked a lot. We made this clan dungeon. It's pretty cool. People seem to be pretty excited. There's a lot of people playing Kingdom of Loathing today. Yeah, it's pretty cool. How many people are online right now? He asked. 1,276 people online right now. It's pretty good total. It's a lot of people. See, um, Although that number is made a little weird by the accidental rollout of the chat idol change. Yeah, um, so when you're idle, you're still seeing everything, but not as fast? Or what? what's going on? Yeah, it no like it no longer times you out of chat. It just puts you in an away mode where your chat updates significantly less frequently. So it serves all of the purposes from our end of the idling out, but none of the uh, none of the annoyance from the user side. And I don't know exactly. <sighs> Uh, we we talked about this. I made this kind of throwaway comment, like, "Oh, we ought to replace I we ought to replace the idle timeout with just an AFK mode that, that just slows the thing way down." And uh, CD Moyer just did it uh, to test it out on Dev, and we were, you know, would presumably talk about whether or not it's the right thing to do. I don't know if there is the guy who is now going to be annoyed that when he logs on at work, he can't log himself off. Huh. Right, because I I think that it is possible if you leave yourself logged on somewhere on the live servers to be unable to log in from another place. And if it doesn't time out on its own, and this was a problem with people finding out about the idle off command, if it doesn't time out, it can it can stick you out of it. And I'm not sure I'm not sure what the risk of that situation happening is now. Uh, and and to what extent it has changed because I you know when I started using active chat it automatically does idle off and I am now just perpetually logged into the game from either the office or my house right and it's annoying because people see my name in chat in dev and they don't know if I'm there or not because my name is always there Mm. I mean it's like it's you know Riff has been using it forever and his computer's just always on with a browser window open on KOL and it was always aggravating because like when I'm at home and I can't go look and see if Riff is there, I don't know if Riff is there or just logged on. Um, having you go italic and gray uh, is is a nice indicator of that. Like, you know, now I know when I see C.D. Moyer, if he's in italics, I'm like, oh, C.D. Moyer's there, but AFK. I shouldn't talk to him now, which is super nice. Um, but I don't know. We didn't mean to roll this out, so if you don't like it, uh, take uh, comfort in that fact. Uh, and the fact that we're probably more likely to listen to complaints about it now uh, than we would be if we had decided to do this and done it on purpose. I, uh, I'm not as big a fan of the of that as I was of uh, 
just allowing me to set myself to never idle out. Because what I wanted for myself personally as a completely selfish thing was to not have to click something to type in chat anymore. So, uh, yeah, it sucks for me. When why? You're, wait, why, wait, why? Why is this worse? Well, it's not worse. It's just not, uh, like, I wanted to just have Idle Off be set for my character for, from now on. Because but it basically is, right? I mean, well, the, the AFK is Idle Off for everyone. But you have to click to mark yourself as active if you're not talking. No, you don't. You have to say something, and then it marks you as active again. Or, or you can click that to get it to start refreshing fast again. I still, have a me- I still have a message, though, in a state that has changed, and something I have to do to make it stop doing that. But you don't have to do like you like you, w- your goal is to be able to talk without having to do anything, and the way that you no turn my this goal is to watch is my goal is to watch chat go by even when I'm not talking. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, we can't do that for everyone, though. Yeah, you know, well, like you know, Idle Off was not everyone. ever meant to be a thing that people other than us used. Like yeah. I, when I made that, I made that for us and forgot to market dev only and then people found out about it yeah. and enough people knew about it and liked it that I didn't feel like I could take it away um, so I just begrudgingly acknowledged its existence I think it still works so you, you know you could you could continue to do it um, it doesn't get rid of the AFK thing because mm. I have active chat is set to to do idle off as soon as I log in no I mean, you know, we, we we can give you what you want, I guess. No, if, that, if you, this is honestly, fine. It's, uh, it, it's okay. I don't mind. I mean, you are, like, that's the thing. You are still seeing chat scroll by, right? Just not, it's not updating as frequently as if you were using it. Huh. Right? The AFK just makes it update every 30 seconds. So it doesn't, it doesn't actually stop you from seeing what's going on in chat. It just stops an inactive chat user from generating the same amount of server traffic as an active chat user. No, I, I understand. It's a good thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just curious what it is about it that you don't like, because it does, it seems to it seems to meet all of your <laughs> your desires, right? And that's like if it is if it is doing so inadequately, which it seems like it is, then I'd like to I'd like to know where that comes from. I'd like to understand. The, the preference against I mean not you know because I know it's not an objection yeah I am a the, simple the, man I don't like I didn't like seeing you have been disconnected from the chat blah 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 and now I don't like seeing you are now in away mode and chat will update more slowly until you say something almost if that message wasn't there I would never notice or care right and then as soon as I wanted to say something I would automatically be active again yeah, yeah I mean we could we could suppress the message I just don't know. Like, I know that I'm a small demographic of KOL players, but I don't. I think in this case, it's very small. Just yeah. in, in the pet peeve zone, I think. Sure. Well, I'm curious. I mean, people people will tell us how they feel about it. I don't know that. Let's see. Somebody has said something about idling in chat. Somebody says it's awesome. Somebody says I've always used idle off, and Mafia does it automatically. Yes, okay, so we've got one one plus, one minus, and one indifferent so far for, for feedback. <laughs> All uh, right. You 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 can be you can be five minuses though. You can count as five. Oh. Um I uh, at 
rollover. Uh, two hours from now, I will be rolling out the thing that I did today, which was the change that I've been talking about making for a while, where uh, outfit bonuses are visible. Hmm. Um, that is uh, that is on dev and uh, weird, not working uh, for me on this browser for whatever reason. What is that all about? What is that all about, uh. Alfie? The one in my uh, the 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 character pane link is not popping. Wait, now now it is. It's just popping it up very slowly. That's super weird. Uh, what I also did was I went through and these aren't these aren't live until I push this out. And I have to push it out a rollover because um, it stores stuff in the outfit information cache, uh, which makes it so the uh, character pane, for instance, doesn't have to hit the outfit table every time you reload it to know what your avatar is. It updates the cache version in the session that uh, stores what avatar to display and stuff. Uh, so it also needs to store what enchantments to apply to your dude, <laughs> your dude object. Uh, instead of all that being hard-coded, it's now a thing that we can just do in a spindler, uh, which is nice. Also, there were like, ah, say, 15 outfits that we had just forgotten to put any sort of an outfit bonus on. Uh, so we put some stuff on. Nothing nothing super exciting. Uh, there were also some uh, outfit bonuses that were poorly or incompletely understood, uh, according to the wiki, which will now be explicitly spelled out. Um, and yeah, that was what that was what I intended to accomplish today. It was one of the things, at least, and I accomplished it. So I'm pretty happy about that. Excellent. I, I I got my I got my hands dirty. I dug. I got elbows deep in that code to deliver a little code calf. So hard. Proud of it. I'm gonna name it Norman. Uh, yeah. I changed the uh, I changed the name generator on the sorority girls to make it uh, not seem like this person was like a gynecologist that only operated on werewolves. Right, the sexy werewolf gynecologist. Yep. There are layers was there that even in the list. Yeah, I think it was. I can't tell. Like uh, a lot of times, I'll set up those things and dump however many funny things I have in them, and then Riff will come along and add four or five more. And it's always uh, gynecology with him. Is it? Yeah, always. I added a bunch to it too. Um, I did. I added feminist blogger because I thought that would be funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, which is not. I'm sure that's offensive to somebody. Uh, surprisingly few uh, uh, complaints. Huh. Like, I, I I would have thought that the Mad About Rufy's set would not allow us to make, like, a bunch of eating disorder jokes. I feel like there are fewer of those than you think there are. Eating disorder jokes? Yeah. And I think there's a good dozen in there. Huh. I, so I mean, yeah, I in the know. in the hit and miss stuff and the like in the stuff that I wrote, there are references to puking, but it's always because they're drunk. Mm, mm-hmm. There's also been the uh, there's also the making out with other girls to impress guys thing. Sure, that, that I thought might have uh, might have annoyed some people too. I could see like somebody in a sorority being pissed that there was this whole thing devoted to sorority girls being stereotypically sorority girls. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but apparently not. Maybe there aren't any more sorority girls who play this game. So that I went in there to puke is because she's drunk. Yeah. Hmm. Well, okay, okay. They uh, commit suicide because they think they're fat. 
as a result of using the funhouse mirror. Right. That I figured would upset people. That was Riff, not you, though. Yeah. I do. Uh, get... I forgot to get the skulls any hair. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess skulls don't have hair. Next, like the crypt keeper has hair. Yeah, I think you. But you still have to have a little flesh on you. To yeah. Have the hair. You can just glue hair to the skull. Yeah. Like a merkin, but for your head. We should come up with a name for that. Yeah, I don't know. A Tory. Uh, what 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 else is going on with you? Before we before we just dive into these questions, I'm I'm worried we're gonna run out of uh, run out of things to respond to if we start this early, buddy. I don't know. I think we can uh, we can jump into it and we can yeah. wrap back around to personal stuff that nobody cares about if awesome. we need to. Uh, Wax says, okay, cool radio questions. These tend to be fun. We have Jake and Scully and Jake said last radio show, keep the questions in and the commentary and discussions out. Jake was sort of quietly pissed off, though not quite angry. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of which, uh, who was it that said on the Twitter? Uh, Fred Levi says, if you don't want people to converse in your question thread, they just stop, then just stop accepting questions via a medium other people can see. Sure. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's one way of looking at it. I don't exactly know how this move towards the forum threads for radio questions happened. Like, I don't think that this was a thing that we decided to do. It seemed like over time you just lost your enthusiasm for Radio Bugbear. Well, Radio Bugbear was always empty, yeah. is the thing. Like, I, 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 there's probably a chicken and egg kind of thing, but I, I like, it, honestly, even, uh, like, in the, like, the last, like, month or so has told me that experimentally I've just been, like, sending out pretty regular reminders to put stuff into Radio Bugbear, it takes weeks to get enough questions in Radio Bugbear for a single show. Huh. Right? And and even then, like, the, the disadvantage of having the questions put into a place where nobody else can see them is you can't see if ten other people ask the exact same question as you. Hmm. Right? So you end up with more duplicates, maybe, although that's, you know... Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, the, the forum threads are great... Right, like they're always they're always topical. There, there's always enough stuff to last us an entire show in them, and I don't, you know, like when we first started soliciting questions via Twitter, people were like, "What the fuck? I hate Twitter. Don't stop using Radio Bugbear and just move to Twitter because it's trendy." And we're like, uh, we're not just using Twitter. We're, you know, Radio Bugbear is still there, but I, I, I don't know if there's something about it. Like there is a. Maybe like a slightly higher barrier to entry. Do you do you think that there are more people who are on the forums and post on the forums than there are people who like are in chat when I send out the notifications for Radio Bugbear and can send things to Radio Bugbear? Possibly. Like it's a little cumbersome to send right. questions, right? Like if we if there was just a form that we could link people to in the system message that was like click here to ask us questions for the radio show then I wonder if we would get more if it was, like, easier to do. Hmm. You know? Because, I mean, that forum could just send a private message to Radio Bugbear. Like, it, Radio Bugbear is not a good system for this. It was just the system that I made when I had to come up with something in five minutes as a way for them to ask us questions. Right? I, so, you know, people have said that they're reluctant to send chat PMs to an account that hasn't logged on in five years. But if I log on to Radio Bugbear, it dumps all of the private messages into chat and deletes them. So that's why we don't log off Radio Bugbear, um, because that makes the that makes the mechanism stop working. 
you know, this forum thread has no chatter in it, which is fine. It, yeah. It's not that there's something wrong with people having discussions about the questions that they're asking, but like, you know, it bothers me a little bit when somebody answers the question because, like, hey, I could have answered that and I would have been funnier than you. Uh, <laughs> and it definitely bothers me when the thread becomes mostly people arguing about something because I'm not going to read all of those things. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Wack continues with some questions. Uh, comic book or choose your own adventure or whatever it is that you did the Kickstarter on. How's that going? How is that going, Mr. Skullhead? It is. Um, Doug says that he should have the lettering done by the end of this week. And then we will be ready to lay it out and send it to the printer. Okay. So <clears throat> I think we'll have physical comic books in hand before the end of the month. If we can do really, yeah, before the end of this, if we can do on that schedule, depending on how long it takes to print, I think okay. they'll they'll be at the printers before the end of this month at least. Who's who's laying it out? Um, Doug may do it. If not, I was going. I had asked Riff too. Riff seemed like he would. Yeah, Riff Riff knows knows how to do all that. Yeah, I need um, to. I'm trying to get a template out of these guys who are doing the printing, and hopefully, I can get that with a quickness. Tell me about the print shop. I don't know. I don't know if you have told me about the print shop. Are they a comic book printer, or are they just like an offset printer that can do a comic book? They're an offset printer that can do a comic book. They're one of the few that actually had a division for comic books. Okay. <clears throat> so most sites, they would say like, "Yes, we can do full color brochures. Contact us for anything specific." But these guys, Jack Prints, J A K Prints had an entire section of their site with specific prices and and like stats and specifications for different kinds of comic books that's cool so i had them send me a bunch of samples of stuff that they printed and they looked really good so they're looking fine and they're they were like a third of the cost of a lot of the other ones because they're offset and because we're looking for a quantity higher than a hundred yeah, that's that's what you run into. Like the you know dealing with the comic book, the comic con your adventures has been it's been a weird thing. Um, yeah, with the like with digital printers, there's no discount for bulk. So they may be like three bucks a piece for a hundred of them, but they're still three bucks a piece for a thousand of them. Right, and these are like. $13 a piece for 100 of them but then for 3,000 of them it's 2,500 yeah so it's less than a dollar a piece so right uh, you know if I opened a print shop you know what I would call it what would you call it it's Prince Charming oh you should mm-hmm. you shouldn't call it someday my prints will come because then people would wonder if you were just really slow right uh, the shop formerly known as Prince Oh, that's a good one. <clears throat> uh, wax question number two. If Gabe Newell challenged you to a boxing match where the stakes were a rainbow pearl against an advanced, fully working copy of episode three, would you do it? I don't think that would happen because, like, a rainbow pearl is a thing that exists and is done, uh, and I don't think episode three is. Maybe it is. Maybe they're closer on that than than, than I think. Um, but no, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And so is Gabe. Gabe Newell's too busy. Gabe Newell doesn't have time to punch me. Uh, let's see. 
The Dog Delusion says, I asked a similar question in a previous show, but it got somewhat overlooked. What do you think about adding new content to already spaded out areas of the game? My previous example was adding new coordinates to the open course adventure, but plenty of other areas could potentially benefit from secretly updated content. It would drive folks crazy in a good way and would provoke a lot of interest in game areas that people may or may not have forgotten about these days. I personally like the idea of adding content without telling people for the aforementioned reasons, but I can understand why some would complain. Please tell me what you think, and so and do so in your dulcet, mellifluous radio voice. I don't know that my, uh, I will agree that my tones are dulcet, but I don't know if my voice is mellifluous. I think you've got some mellifluosity going. Yeah, mellifluidity. Uh, You know, I would just always rather work on something new than put stuff into an old area that people might never find. You know, like, putting in new hidden stuff in the open course adventure, like, that, I think, it would just be a dick move, right? Because it, at, be- at, at, at worst, a dick move, at best, kind of a waste of effort, because it would, I think, take... I'll bet that if I put something at a random set of coordinates, it would never get found. Like, in the rest of the time that the game will exist, I don't think that there are enough people just poking random coordinates into those things that it would be a thing yeah. that anybody would find. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess we used to occasionally go, like, you know, we did the we did the Spooky Raven expansion pack, which was mostly because I wanted Spooky Raven to launch in time for Halloween, and so we had to cut a bunch of features from it before it rolled out, and then we put those features back in for the expansion pack. So in the future, when we roll out content, we'll just hold some of it back, and we'll make it downloadable content, which will be weird, because nothing else in the game is you have to download. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll email it to everybody, yeah. personally. Yeah, I don't mean, like, we'll set up a bot to do it. I will email you each, individually. Uh, WV O'Quine says, A lot of pop culture products that exist for a long time get talked about in terms of eras or ages. So comic books have a golden age, silver age, bronze age, and the guys who make Magic the Gathering also think of their product this way. Do you mentally, uh, do you mentally compartmentalize KOL into different ages? NS13 is an obvious boundary between two eras, but do you think there are others? Similarly, there's been a lot of turnover in the player base over KOL's long history. Do you think of the player base as having generations? I I think of there being this like original set and then everything after that. Huh. Like I don't really think of there being a a middle age between the like sort of you know pie monkey. Uh. uh what the fuck? Why can't I think Nietzsche? Uh, Nietzsche. Yeah. <clears throat> Man, sorry, Stuart. Sorry, I couldn't think of your name just then. Um, it's just it's been so long. So I mean, there were the, there there was like the just weird kind of. Uh, while NS thirteen was a big a big dividing point for a player, it wasn't really that big of a change for us, right? Like the the month before NS thirteen, our content development processes weren't that different than a month after it. Right. The only thing that changed for us is that before it, people enjoyed the work that we were doing. Sure, sure. And afterwards, it was just mostly complaining. Exactly. So the the a lot of the kind of critical change things that happened happened in a very short span of time. Right. Ascension rolled out. 
I bought the office and hired Riff and Xenophobe. And those things happened within uh, some single digit number of months yeah. of each other. And that was that was like the the big uh, the big change. Man, my phone will not stop going off with these fucking like political robot calls. Calls from political robots? I don't I don't like why why is this happening now? Is it because it's like a year before the election? Yeah, maybe. Or are they about local? I guess a lot of them are about local elections. Uh, which all I know is to vote against the people who are whose names are on the signs in my neighborhood. <laughs> right. Um. So there was there was that point. Like when when I hired Xenophobe, the first thing that I had him do was to make all of the spindlers, and that was a huge, huge usability improvement for us, and let us develop stuff. It let us develop better stuff at the same rate. I was going to say it let us develop stuff faster, but yeah. as as our tools have improved and as our processes have improved, the complexity of everything has increased at a rate that has made it so development continues at a more or less fixed pace. Right. Um, but you know, it's it, we're, we're like I I feel like every year the work we do is better than the the work that we did the previous year. Hmm. You know, like, I, I feel like we just keep getting better at this. And, you know, it's going to be it, it's going to be interesting to see if the stuff that we have learned actually translates to anything else. You know, like right. getting the work from MMO off the ground. Like, I'd like to think that I know a lot more than I did when I started working on this. And I'm going to be able to make really cool stuff with, uh, you know, uh, the benefit of all of this hindsight mostly about the process stuff for KOL, right? Like, I I wish that I had developed the Choose Your Adventure, the, the dialogue scripting language first, mm-hmm. right? Because there's all kinds of stuff that we could have done that was either too hard to do or too complicated to do or to do quickly that this language would just make trivial, right? There's... Yeah. We, we, it allows us to like parallelize a lot of the work too, because you guys, you and Riff, can just make your own like choice adventure sets now that do stuff. And like uh, uh, you know, uh, like being able to start from scratch, knowing what kind of stuff we're going to run into as we do the sort of development work that we do. Like, the way that we want to do stuff is driven entirely by the way that our creative processes work. But, like, the way that we have to do stuff to actually get stuff done is driven by the tools that we have at our disposal. And having developed a set of tools that more closely match the way that our brains want to make this stuff come out is awesome and helps us a lot. And that's... So there were people that were around before Ascension. There were players that were around before Ascension that I remember who were like, you know, I mean, the, re- the reason that I remember Pie Monkey is because he would poke at shit and break it, and I would learn how to stop people from breaking shit in that particular way. And so it was largely, like, I think of him as the sort of, like, you know, that scene from Dune where Paul is fighting that construct, the, like, robot that shoots the darts at him and shit. Uh-huh. Like, that's what Pie Monkey did for me and taught me to write code that people couldn't abuse and exploit, right? And that, that like, that learning process 
moved me from a fundamentally like kind of different skill set than I had when I started to the kind that I had in in the you know the last six or seven years of development. And so there's yeah, is right. I mean, what do you? What about you? How do, how do you feel about that? Do, do you do you see there being more than just old and new KOL? Uh, this was specifically asked for players, right? Like people we think of turnover of the player base. Do you think of the player base as having generations? Do we we mentally compartmentalize KOL into different ages and then do you think of the player base as having generations? Um, a little bit. Like, I think of, like, the before, not even NS13, it's more before Combat Action Bar, before, like, the interface revamps, before, I don't know, I feel like we are in an era that's different from what we had before just because we're redeveloping the old quests and revamping them it seems like entering into another phase of the life cycle of the game yeah as far as players go like yeah there is just kind of an old school bucket and a people I just met bucket and the old school bucket is everybody from 2003 until 2008 <clears throat> and everybody after that is brand new people. Huh, cuz I feel I feel like uh, you know, I think the, the, the there was a kind of fundamental change when I what I don't even remember. We had some kind of little mini schism and I made dev and made you harem. And then I stopped hanging out in lounge more or less. Right. That was a pretty fundamental change actually yeah that is something that i tend to forget that because the like the shit that went on in harem was just the same thing as the things that i was doing in lounge yeah and the, and the shit that went on in dev was the same stuff that i was doing in lounge yeah. right and and it, and it was just like i don't remember i don't remember what was going on in there that made us make that happen the moderators were seeing that some of the women that I was cyber flirting with or, you know, playing grab ass with in lounge were becoming mods and there was a whole bunch of talk about how I was unprofessional and they needed to find somebody who would actually pick qualified mods instead of mods that would, instead of people that would just show me their tits and so, you know, these people were actually qualified and that's why they are mods but if it's really bothering you that much like there were people saying, I think of you as my employer, and then I see you, you know, like, virtually spanking people and, you know, joking around about flashing tits and stuff, and I just can't handle that. said, so, you know what, we'll just stick it in another channel. And because they were saying, like, Scully is just promoting his harem to be mods, I'm like, fine, it'll be called harem, and fuck you. So it wasn't actually a break between you and me, it was just some drama that we both fled from in different directions. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I feel better about that. I feel better about not remembering what we got into it about if we didn't actually get into it. Yeah. Usually uh, when we get into it, we argue for an hour or a day, and then both of us figure out where we were right and wrong, and then nothing really... Yeah, nothing changes. really happens. Yeah, nothing bad happens again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, I guess that was... Like, the, the pulling pulling the Ascension tester team into a channel of a sort of like a dedicated 
moving to moving to an era of like a greater uh, testing of content before it got rolled out you know slowed things down but also resulted in a lot less time spent putting out fires yeah so that was probably a wash in the grand scheme of things it makes it a little harder on my soul i think to well i don't know Right, so it's like the dev team is really good about anticipating player complaints and making them, and sometimes I get really frustrated when that happens, but then it's like, well, I would be even more frustrated if this was coming from people that I didn't trust, you know? And, like, they will distill out the complaints that are meaningful as opposed to the complaints that are just, like, trolly noise, whereas if I'm reading complaints in the forums, my threshold for ignoring them as noise is going to be a little lower. Um. Uh, you know, it, it's it's possible that the process that we have now is responsible for, like, balancing the fun out of some stuff. But I am usually pretty good about just, like, you know what, fuck it, I'm doing this anyway. Um, I used to regularly roll content out, like, deliberately roll content out with no art. And I don't know, like, that just seems totally unacceptable to me now. And I don't know when that changed. Huh. You know, I would just like that the the no pick stuff. I would just like here's a bunch of new items, and they all have no pick. As I, I'll I'll do the icons when I get around to it, and I just I wouldn't do that now. There was there was that an unfinished new zone graphic that like for a while Mel McLuhan <laughs> was just a stack of five of those. Yeah, I think uh, once we got dev the dev team in place, then we stopped having the entire player base be the dev team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I I tend to think of the player base as being divided up into like the less than say fifty k player IDs, and then greater than that. Hmm. Because it's like people people who were around when I pretty much knew everybody that was in chat, like people who were playing the game before there were chat channels, uh-huh. and and people who then people who weren't, and people who uh, you know the people that I met who like sort of filtered up one way or another um, or, or met in real life as distinct from the just random people who showed up when we first opened the doors right and there were these weird like I was looking at uh, I was looking at this hike that I really want to do uh, that is that is just from one coast of England to another just like surprisingly few miles um, but it goes through Mowbray and I, and I, I was thinking huh we could go to we could go to Melton Mowbray and see where uh, all those kids were. Like, there were these weird little clusters of players that arrived when it first, like, seeing the sort of first little viral outbreaks. Right. Like, there was a there was a period of time when uh, a lot of people were chatting in uh, whatever language they speak in Croatia, Croatian, Klingon. Because uh, there were a lot of Croatians playing, there were a lot of people from this particular uh, boarding school in England called Melton Mowbray. Um, I'm sure that there were some other little clusters like that that I would remember if they were brought up to me. But you know, it's weird. There's like hardly anybody left. But it's all it is always really weird to like log on. Oh, like uh, Skatia is logged on, or oh, there's Incanu. You know, like uh, people that people that occasionally pop back in. <clears throat> Yeah. Right, that was a good question. Thank you for that. I hadn't really thought about it. 
Uh, Ethereal Oblivion says, with the confirmation of the non-return of Elf Alley, which provided best-in-slot gear for some aspects of the game, should we look forward to things more along the lines of the snowman suit, Krimborg items, etc., or dare we hope for toys as good as last year's? Well, you never dare hope for anything as good as last year's Krimbo, right? Because the best Krimbo is always last year's Krimbo. Right. Um... I I don't know. I'm I am curious to see how that how this goes. Do we? Uh, you know, I. Huh. Hmm? Go ahead. Do we ever set out? Like last year, did we set out to make some of those gear best in slot? I mean, I so I think the the beard. They're talking about like the the Uncle Crimbo's beard or whatever, which I think is the best thing you can get for that purpose in December, but not for the rest of the year. <laughs> I mean, we like when when we put stuff in, you know, like a like a boss drop from a from a clan dungeon or something like that. I, like every once in a while, I will just want it to be like something interesting and unique. And every once in a while, I will say odd stuff. Just make this like the best at something, right? And so we 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 do have these tools that we look at, and it's like, all right, well, if we do this, then it becomes best in slot for this particular enchantment for this particular slot um so yeah i mean i think in the in the case of some of those yes those were those were deliberate decisions uh sometimes it's just an accident usually if if i put in numbers and they don't get changed it's an accident if they those numbers are meaningful right but um i don't know i'm i'm interested to see like how this crimbo thing turns out because i'm i'm pretty excited about the idea that's brewing um, yeah. And I don't actually think it'll be that hard to to make it happen, you know. And and I'm I'm interested to see how well it'll go over. Like if if we can get away with the bigger Halloween littler Crimbo thing, or if we'll even try, you know. I mean, maybe maybe I'll have a have a freak out the week before the Crimbo event launches and suddenly decide it needs to be three times as big in scope. As we were thinking, because that happens a lot. Yeah, when you think about Crimbo this year, think about lowering your expectations. Think about things that are very small. Yeah. Levito says, is there any chance of Mayfly behavior in the upcoming Halloween crossed out or Crimbo content? Uh, yeah. So there's one person outraged about the Vampire Fangs thing. Yeah. Um, and nobody responded to it at all. So I'm guessing... I'm guessing that that outrage is not particularly sticky. Was that a true expression of outrage, or was it a joke? Because I saw that oh, post, and I couldn't tell if he was kidding or not. It didn't read as sarcastic to me. Hmm. It read as... I mean, like, I guess... There's a lot of game companies that you go to their forums, and you can say, wow, look at this obvious money grab bullshit. I can't believe they're doing this. And it would maybe be true and you'd get a lot of people supporting you and and if you were used to that kind of behavior out of a game company and then you saw us do something that smacked of that even a little bit you would go in and make that complaint expecting to find a lot of solidarity but since our player base by and large trusts us not to do that they there is no solidarity in that uh-huh. opinion I, you know I don't know I mean I like it, <sighs> I'm not going to say that I didn't consider like, oh, well, this would this would encourage people to buy this thing. 
but like I, we didn't need to encourage. Like when we put something in, like a clan dungeon that costs a lot of meat, it increases donations because people want to donate more to sell Mister A's to get the meat to do stuff themselves in a short period of time. You know, and so it, it it's we don't need to encourage additional sales of the item of the month really because that you know the the only reason to do that is to encourage donations and encouraging donations doesn't need to happen right now. Yeah. Um, people asked for it. You know, people had said it would be awesome if these things were somehow optimal in the Halloween content. And like people on dev suggested it, people in the player base at large suggested it. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. That's, we can do that. Like, you know, I was, I was happy to have one of the mechanisms for speeding up this dungeon decided on for me <laughs> by having as a goal make the item of the month somehow optimal in this dungeon. You know, because then it was like, oh, okay, of course. This is how you kill a bunch of vampires. Um, mm, hey, let's take a me get another beer break. You got any music queued up? All right, I do have music queued up. And um, I have like, uh, do you think 12 minutes is good? Yeah, let's do one Let's do one additional song, then 12 minutes. Okay, so we'll do 15. We'll be back in 15. And we're back. Hey. You know what I did during the break, uh, Mr. Skullhead? What did you do I during was? the break? I watched that MC Frontalot video. That is pretty tight, isn't it? It was pretty fucking good. I was really impressed. I uh, when he uh, they filmed that a long time ago. It must have taken it must have taken a long time to edit because I remember him leaving uh, L.A. where it was being filmed to come to San Diego, and he had those he had the props from the the game that they played with him, and those yeah. were clever and cool. But that video was really really good. Yep, everyone should go watch it right after the show. What's it called? Uh, Critical Hit. Critical Hit, yeah. I think uh, right now it's only on Boing Boing. That's what it said. They said there was the like the world premiere. That's, um, you know, it, like he did a Kickstarter to get the budget for that video, and like yeah. I would say that that came through. I would say that that, is a, that looks like a video with a budget. It does. Uh, he actually... He should be doing two more at that level of expertise too. Oh, was that what the was that what the the bonus level of the Kickstarter was for? Yeah, he got triple funded, so he said he would do a couple more. One of them <clears> is going to be an animated video for All Form the Head, which oh. I'm very excited about. That's cool. Yeah, that's probably just as cool for him because he doesn't have to do a lot of the work. Right. <clears throat> like the standing there making pretty faces and stuff. <laughs> There was some quality acting from uh, from Mr. Front on that video. KOL's rapper laureate MC Front a lot, everybody. <sighs> what? Uh, Slavic says, in response to the extremely entertaining Netflix discussion last week concerning New Coke. Oh, it sounds like some people found that discussion extremely entertaining. <laughs> uh, New Coke not only did better than Coke in blind taste tests, but in non-blind taste tests as well. The most reported split being 55-45. The issue is the Coca-Cola uh, ran into uh, was the uproar from no longer producing regular old Coke. The cola-drinking public related in a way that I'm sure you're quite familiar with as game designers. Happy to receive a new and better product or experience, but vehemently opposed to losing the old. Psychologists call this loss aversion. We like getting new things, but we hate having the old taken away from us. Had they kept both varieties of Coke from the get-go, the outcome would have been much, much different. Um, yeah, you know, and I am, I am guilty of that at the same time as I decry it in our player base, you know, although I am more inclined to complain about a loss if it has been replaced with something that I feel is an inferior product. Right. 
uh, like say Windows Vista based on my early experiences with it compared to, to Windows XP. I'm coming around slowly on 7. Um, my new desktop machine at home has Windows 7 and the the hardware to, to, to cash the checks that its mouth writes. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've come to believe that most of the things that I hate about Windows 7, I actually hate about the laptop that I use to record the radio shows at work. Uh-huh. Because it's just not, it just doesn't quite have the balls to run Windows Seven. But you know, I'm getting, I'm getting accustomed to it. And you're still welcome to complain that every iteration of the software includes things that you don't really need that make it so you can't run it on the slower hardware, and you have yeah. to keep upgrading your hardware to keep to get the same speed. Yeah, it's weird. It feels like everybody's kind of going through the motions. Like, even as time speeds up as I get older, it seems like the rate of significant progress in computing stuff has slowed down a lot. Yeah. You know, I, like, there, I, you know, I guess every year you can get a $150 video card that has twice the RAM of last year's $150 video card. Right. But the the improvements seem to me to be a lot more incremental than they used to be. Like, 386 to 486, 486 to Pentium. You know, once it got past, like, Pentium 2, it stopped being meaningful enough that you can really remember yeah. the, the differences, you know? Like, I don't know what kind of processor my computer has. I don't even know what brand the processor is in the computer that I have now. Which I guess I would if I would built it myself, but like, I know so little about hardware now that I I would have just bought a bunch of stuff and then, how do I plug this in? You don't. It's the wrong thing. <laughs> That's what I was said, and what someone would have told me. Probably the internet. Only they probably would have called me names. Yeah, I don't know what like. What do you think would have happened, Mister Skullhead, if Coke had just said, "Hey, we've got this new Coke," and we also are continuing to make old Coke. I don't know, because they but they ended up doing that, right? They co- just called it Coke Two, and kept it on the shelves with Coke, and people bought Coke more than they bought the Coke Two. That may that may also be because there was the whole controversy first, and that cemented people's opposition, right. and kind of reinforced their loyalty to the original brand. I don't know. I'm still pissed at them for discontinuing C Two. I was drinking that shit. Oh yeah. What was that? That was the like the sucralose version. No, it was a fifty calorie Coke. So it was oh, like it was, a, like a, it was like a mix of Coke and Diet Coke. Yeah, although mm. just mixing Coke and Diet Coke doesn't quite replicate the taste. Nothing does. Nothing ever will. I don't know. I'm drinking that uh, right now. I'm drinking the Dr Pepper Ten. It's a, and it's another one that has just like some real sugar and some fake sugar in it. Yeah, and apparently women aren't allowed to drink it, so that's cool. Oh yeah, is that that ad campaign that says it's not for women? Yeah, I saw that uh, generating the press that I'm sure was their goal. Right. It was weird watching the commercial that was pissing people off, and then seeing that people were pissed off about it. I don't know. It's always so you. You had, you had my experience of that Dodge commercial from the Super Bowl, right? Except. You're uh-huh. so wrong about that, but yeah, th- like this one is, it doesn't say anything about qualities that women have. It's like mm-hmm. it's pretty much 
Hey guys, I'll bet you, I'll bet women won't enjoy this because it's big and violent and dumb. Am I right, guys? Being big and violent and dumb is cool. You should drink this diet soda. Usually diet soda is not for men, but this one totally is. Explosion. Like, really tongue-in-cheek, not saying, like, I bet women's tender vaginas couldn't handle this. It was just kind of more, hey, you guys are dumb, you'll enjoy this. So, uh, I was confused. There was a thing about how they made a Facebook page for the new thing, and if your profile was set to female, you couldn't like it. And that yeah, was, that the, was what I saw was cry. surprised that that was possible. Um, <laughs> right. Although it was like, what are you complaining about? They won't let me like that soda. Like, so clearly you don't like it because they're not letting you do that. So it's not like you want to do it anyway. I, I don't, <sighs> you know, I have a feeling, Mr. Scullin, that sometimes people just like to complain, yeah. you know. It's like, what have they denied you being able to tell somebody that you like their soda even though you're a woman like you know, what i think that as somebody who is capable of well-measured outrage uh it is it is sometimes hard to fathom the motivations of a population for whom outrage is its own reward yeah you know outrage outrage well, not its own reward outrage is its own justification right like you the way that you the way that you get that kick in the morning is to get angry about something on the internet and sometimes it's something stupid you know that you wouldn't really be angry about if you thought about it but it is an unthinking outrage i mean it, it is just a it is just an outrage for outrage's sake and so just don't care about anything there you go Baby Smasher says, Thanks for creating the most addictive game on the internet. Any chance we could have the Goomba slash Buzzy Beetle flip between ascensions the way Drunken Half-Orc Hobo does in currently? Does currently? Uh, yeah, I keep meaning to do that, and I keep not doing that. You know, I bet I could do that right now. I bet I could do that right now while you are reading another question. Hey, that. Um, Mythcaptor says, Have you ever considered holding some kind of event or contest to come up with KOL content? Don't get me wrong, I love all the content you guys make, but I see so many good ideas coming out of the community that will never be, and it would be fantastic if just a few of them became a reality. I don't know, maybe I create the next item of the month contest? That, um... I know that it's hard to believe that this is true when you're looking at people who write really interesting, really well thought out posts in a Make a KOL thread, but it would be a terrible idea. Yeah. It, uh... I mean, especially designing an item of the month requires this, like... It requires a couple of guys who have a really in-depth knowledge of how the game works and what state the game is right now, and a couple of guys who have some ideas about another thing that we could do, and a couple of guys who will say, yeah, fuck all that, we should do something simple, and, you know... There, the amount of balancing and back and forth it takes to do a single item of the month, it, it would be disastrous to have that process be out of our hands. And even, you know, yeah, there are a lot of creative people, there are a lot of people who say things that are funny, but like, you know, we did that Limerick contest, and out of how many... Out of how many entries, there were only three that were even remotely acceptable to our sensibility. I mean, that's the thing. We are we, we don't probably seem like it, but we are extremely harsh critics of this kind of work. It's just that we, you know, 
we do all have that criticism in our heads before we put this stuff out. Right. Um, all right. Uh, Goombas and Buzzy Beetles should now alternate Ascension to Ascension. Um, so that's cool. Uh, thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's just weird in, in a lot of ways. You know, like, eh, I don't know. Either it's something that's easy to produce content for, in which case there just becomes millions of things that we have to go through when, and, and it makes it so it just be easier to come up with it ourselves uh, or it's something that's hard to write content for in which case no one will do a good job yeah um, you know no no offense there were a couple of good limericks that came out of that contest yeah you know I, I think I got maybe 30 or 40 and 10 of them scanned and 4 of them were funny yeah, that was the thing. Like, only a third of them were even limericks. Right. Right? The, like, which the, four that, the four that got in were amazing. Like, yeah. some of them were better than the stuff that we've written. But it, yeah, putting out something that encouraged people, especially with a prize. So you would have people entering to, I don't know, I, I hate to, I don't want to burn any bridges, but when we do the calendar contest every year, like this year I linked to a gallery of the winners from last year just in case nobody had seen what kind of thing we put in the calendar and still like every year we got 10 entries or so that looked like somebody had spent 10 minutes in MS Paint or like 10 minutes scribbling on a piece of paper and then scanned it yeah so uh yeah inviting that the easier it would be for somebody to whip up an entry for it the more noise we would get in our signal so yeah <clears throat> the thing that we struggle with is like for an item of the month the the brainstorming process that I would like to see is and maybe I should just maybe I should just do this again like we did this once before uh, internally we'll come up with a bunch of item of the month suggestions that can be described in a single sentence right and right. that's that's pretty hard like it's it is fucking hard to come up with items of the month you know if the community had some awesome ideas that were simple and an idea that was the kind of idea that we would take as a jumping off point right like not a big document with all of the jokes already written and stuff then that'd be one thing but that part is really tricky and it's not it's not even an obvious approach to to the kind of problems that we have to solve with content you know uh, Dry Hat says, so this I think bugged me a long time ago, but the new dungeon has brought it up again. Would it be possible to allow non-clan leaders of appropriate rank to edit permissions? Failing that, could there be a blanket clan dungeon permission option, which would at least sort out the specific issue in the leader's absence? So, uh, yeah, the, there is a go into every dungeon uh, permission currently on dev that should be rolled out tonight. Uh, when I roll this outfit stuff, uh, that will probably go out whether I wanted to or not. The thing about letting non-leaders edit ranks is that that basically makes them leaders, right? Like, if you can edit ranks, then you can give yourself all of the abilities that you need. I mean... We can make it so you could only give people the abilities you had. Yeah. You could only give... You can only edit ranks lower than your own, and you can only... Yeah, you can only give them ranks that you that that would maybe do it. <laughs> that would maybe solve you know that that actually would maybe solve this problem. The the thing about 
so this was like a weird thing, right? Like, the reason that people couldn't go into the haunted house the night that it launched was that last night, uh-huh. Saturday night, Saturday night was because when the slime tube came out, there was this there was this this uh, request from people saying, "Could you please split up clan dungeon permissions?" so that we can let certain people into slime tube and certain people into hobopolis and i was like seriously like that seems like a big hassle are you sure this is what you want because i don't really want to do this and then a bunch of people asked and asked and asked and asked and we're like okay so we did it and then it created this like kind of unanticipated consequence which is like well people all access to dungeons in the past can't do this if their leader's not around because you know we're not going to turn the permission on by default um. So yeah, I think the all dungeons thing is gonna help in the short term. Um, for like you know, let's say we rolled out another dungeon in six months, it would maybe help with that. But if we roll out another one in a year, yeah, y- you'll have to have remembered to do that, right? Yeah. And that's the thing that you might not remember to do. Um. So it doesn't really fix it. Um, you know, what would fix it is not having clan permissions at all and just letting clans sort these social problems out on their own, but we just can't do that, you know. Um, which sucks. I wish that we could. But, uh, you know, no no game really does it that way, I don't think. World of Warcraft has these elaborate quotas for how much like what access people have to guild banks and they then they like they they introduced the guild bank and then they had a thing where it's like well these ranks can get stuff out of the guild bank or not but then they were like well we want people to be able to get some stuff out of the guild bank but not all stuff so then they like i think now the permissions in the guild bank are like by tab of inventory space in the guild bank Hmm. Um, which you know i'm sure people want that i'm sure people want the ability to let people in their clans take certain things out of the stash, but not certain other things. And they want to be able to arbitrarily decide between those two things. And like, you know, maybe, maybe that, maybe there's a solution to that that we ought to do. Right. I mean, maybe, maybe someday we regret everything that we didn't do to make the clan system more robust because we realized that that was at its core, what kept our audience around. Uh, Uh, but maybe not, you know, maybe, maybe it's a waste of time. You just never know. You just never know what the fuck is going to happen. You know what I would like, having gone back into my clan today to set those ranks and permissions? Is what? Is a link to the membership roster on the setting clan ranks page. Oh, yeah? Because, like, somebody messaged me to say, hey, I need permission to get in there, so I would go to my edit ranks and permissions and then go, oh, wait, what rank is that guy? And then I'd go back to the clan office... And look around on the desk and go, God damn it, why isn't that on the desk? And click clan administration. I did this several times. And see that it's not there. Then go back to the... Actually, accidentally click the clan forum administration button instead of back to clan hall. And then go, why the fuck am I in the forum? And then go back to the clan hall and look around until I find the roster. And then go, God damn it, when I'm administering the goddamn clan, I'm administering the people that are in the clan. Yeah, sometimes you gripe at me for spending time redoing interfaces instead <laughs> of working on content. I do? I would never do that. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't matter in 
the clans, man. This administration. Oh, I guess there are. I thought that there weren't any, like, global clan permissions, but there totally are. They're what's in that administration thing. Like, whether you're accepting... Because, like, we had talked about a global toggle that's just, like, let everyone into the basement all the time. Yeah. But you'd still need to let somebody administer it, right? Like, I can't imagine that anybody would want every clan member to be able to flood the sewers in Hobopolis. Uh, people apparently haven't rejected the narrative absurdity of this thing being in the basement. Uh, uh, so I don't think they care. I think we can do whatever the fuck we want with clan dungeons and not have to worry about doing any more than the flimsiest explanation of why this is in a basement. Yeah, I don't think that that's really worrying anybody. I was surprised that you were worried about that. Well, It seemed I like mean, a very hot stuff thing to worry about. I, I don't know. I mean, I, like, I, I'm i the one who has to figure out, like, okay, what is this icon and what words are on it? Like, right. what the f- how the fuck am I going to explain this? You know? Um, I mean, for the guy who's always saying, you know, the guy being me, who's always saying, well, narratively, well, the narrative justification of this and narratively, I can't say two sentences without saying narratively, I was just like, well, we know that all the dungeons come from the basement. So, uh... I like the idea of the party bus that just crashed through the wall in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> what? Who, whose idea was that? That was, uh, actually, that was Hot Stuff's. Oh. He said there should be, uh, you know, you pay your money for the flyer, and when you click on the flyer, it says a party bus takes you to. I, I uh, added the crashing into the wall of the basement so you can just <laughs> click on it. That'd be, be pretty funny, though. Um... Yeah, so, you know, not uh, not worried about that anymore. I, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with the way the Haunted House picture turned out. That is really cool looking. Nobody like seems it. to have figured out the uh, Greek letters yet. No, I saw that. Uh, in the thread, somebody posted, did anybody notice that it was slut? Ah, uh, good, good. Yeah, so somebody did. Um, so yeah, that that's the permission thing that we decided to do, and that'll roll out pretty soon. And I hope, I hope that, like, I felt really bad on Saturday night that it's like, all right, it's Saturday night, and a bunch of people who want to see this stuff can't because their clan leader is, you know, probably out getting laid instead of sitting there looking at a spreadsheet on a desk in a clan administration office. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's okay. I haven't seen a lot of lamentation about that, so I think that this more or less got worked out. It, clan leaders can't go too inactive, right? Like, there's a mechanism in place to make sure that clans that are active are in the hands of an active player. Yeah. Um, which I almost think that, that we haven't had any complaints about that failing to do a rational thing in a really long time. Right. Uh, so, might actually... I remember that being a really tricky problem to solve. Yeah, figuring out what order the hierarchy would be and doing it without making it so everyone could set how they wanted that to work. Yeah. Trying to figure out the best case. Yeah. Uh, Harry Pesto says, we've gotten a lion starfish for every element except stench. Any clues to when we might see that? No, uh, because those are things that I've been reserving for whenever I need, uh, like, a sort of a quick idea for a familiar for something. Yeah. So, I, you know, one of, the, one of these days, something will come up and like, oh, this can just be a stench starfish, and then it'll be fine. Uh, Leaper says, so I just noticed the Silver Tongue Charm Bracelet's description says it's not made of silver. Do werewolves hate smooth talkers, too? It actually uh, doesn't okay. say that it's not made of silver. 
doesn't it? I, I read it and I didn't remember it saying that, but it says so. It says this is a bracelet with a silver tongue charm in it. No, it's not a charm made out of silver for you to put in your tongue. It's a charm made in the shape of a silver tongue. I figure that could mean it is a silver tongue. It's just not a. It's not made to go in your tongue and also made out of silver. I see. It's vague. It's vague enough that uh, we don't have to change it. I feel. Oh, certainly not. Um. Yeah, you know, it was a it was a piece of equipment that made sense. Yeah. Uh, Clid says, first off, the haunted house is an awesome clan dungeon, so good stuff. Two things. Uh, why have you made a buy non equip item of the month so important to compete, uh, completing part of a clan dungeon, even such a small part of it? Every other part of the dungeon is so gloriously fun. Um, well, I mean, it's not important to completing it. It's important to completing it quickly. And the one speed drop that exists, the threshold is so low that you can even get that without without doing the 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 vampire fangs thing so i just you know because i don't think it's a big deal i guess there were two complaints about it yeah uh, one of them was, that it, was it a, a charming british accent uh second question what would your thoughts be on taking the haunted house doing a palette swap t- tweaking the drops a little bit and releasing that as a permanent clan dungeon i you know it would almost be easier to make a new clan dungeon than it would be to change this one into a different clan dungeon yeah um the, like the slime tube was complicated and there was more pressure on it to be replayable uh, because it was going to be a permanent addition. Like, I think a lot of the reason that this one was easy was because we had a firm deadline for it to get shot out. Like, I really wanted it to be done on Friday, but I was, like, sick and running at about 70% capacity for a lot of the time that I wanted to be running at 130% capacity on that um what what do you what do you reckon like i would say that this took me maybe seven full days of work to do and i don't know how many out of you and riff and like maybe five hours of hot stuff's time Uh in between stuff that i the, the stuff that i actually assigned to him Maybe maybe more than that. Maybe I'm maybe I'm. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't know. Mine took. It, it, mine only took. I don't know. Maybe twelve hours of writing. So you know, it, it's not like we couldn't do this again. It, like there, there are not a lot of times when there are five or seven days that there's nothing else going on. But it doesn't like never happen. Right. Right. I mean, I, I'm proud of us for the the rate at which we did this, and people don't. Nobody is saying that it is underwhelming, right? But they weren't expecting it. If we if we had rolled this out and we said, "Here it is, it's the next clan dungeon," and it was a permanent thing, I think people would be scrutinizing it in a in a way that would lead them to be a little less satisfied than they are with it as a as a temporary thing. Um, I could definitely see having it come back every Halloween. See, not, I, not in-game Riff, Halloween, but... Riff keeps saying, too, and I, I really don't want that to happen. Like, I... That's bizarre. I I just... I think it's so much cooler if it was a, like I was there kind of thing. You know? It's it's more... It's more meaningful for people if it's, if it's limited. Hmm. I don't think but, that it's... Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I, w- I wouldn't do it. I, I just, like, I, I feel like if we say, yeah, this is going to be a thing that comes back every Halloween, people are going to get less excited about it now. Uh-huh. So we don't say that, and I'm just like, you know, could happen, could not happen, you don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like, I, I, I get the instinct that makes you not want to have done all this work for the benefit of fewer people than it could be benefiting, I guess. Hmm. Right? I mean, that's that's a thing. Like, I... I don't know. At this point, I'm kind of all about the, like, temporary content because it's a way for us to do work in a way that makes people excited but does not continue to increase the complexity of the game. Right. You know? I um, guess I don't see the harm in letting people play through it next Halloween if they want to. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. Because that was something that we just flat out couldn't do for Hobopolis or for Krimbopolis. Because that was really tied to the event that was going on. Yeah. But for this, like, yeah, you know, there's there's no reason why not. Well, Unless we want to do a different Me and Hot Stuff and you and Riff can, I don't know, play volleyball or something? <laughs> like, what's it? We'll, we'll play pool for it. We'll do we'll do two-on-two hmm. pool game. See whether we do it or not. Okay, but you uh, have to play on my team. <laughs> wait, but then who... <laughs> and Riff has to play for your team. Okay. Um, Mad Surgeon says, you talked on the last show about how the amount of turns is possible to generate in a day is getting kind of ridiculous. What would your ideal numbers be at the higher end if you could hypothetically burn the consumption situation to the ground and start from scratch? Also, do you think there might be a future challenge path where consumption gains are drastically reduced? Or would that be too much like hardcore Oxy to be interesting? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about the... Uh, that challenge path. I mean, it would. Hardcore Oxy has some other stuff going for it, right? Like that. Like any food and booze consumption is, I think, sufficiently different than no food and booze consumption. That it's not like. I. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know how people would react to it. I don't. I don't know how how I would feel about it or how it played. I imagine that if I had it to do over again. You know, one thing that I wish we had done with NS13 is made the limits like 10 and and then 15 with steel as opposed to 15 and 20 with steel. Mm. Um, But that I only would have wanted to do that because of the kind of inflation in in the way that stuff like I mean, I don't know if I was if I was designing a game from the ground up where you had food and you had booze and you had a limited number of turns per day and I wanted a design space to be able to do stuff like I think I I am excited about like I like the freedom that is afforded by compartmentalizing things like it is a lot easier to come up with a new accordion thief song and what it would do than it is to come up with just a new potion because there is a built in limiting mechanism Right, um, it's easier to come up with a piece of gear than a potion because this piece of gear only has to compete with the other things that are in that slot as opposed to it has to combine sensibly with everything that exists prior to that so I, I could imagine that if I were doing a KOL 2 
I think you would eat fewer things in a day. There would be items that were categorized as breakfast that you could only have one of in a day, and there would be items that were categorized as dessert that you could only have one of in a day, (laughs) and then that would be a way for us to do things, right? Like, there could be, you know, uh, so uh, starts out, desserts are all kind of crappy, right? And then as time goes by and we develop more things, it's like, all right, now there's a decent dessert for seal clubbers. Now there's a decent dessert for Postmancers. Now there's a you know a, a, a decent aftercore dessert, but we've got like a different space for what's available for dessert in in an Ascension run or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think if if a baseline diet gave you fifty percent of your night's allotment of turns in additional turns and a decent diet gave you double, and an absolutely extravagant diet gave you triple, I would feel like that was a reasonable system. You know, as opposed to like, no, a really awesome diet now gives you 50 times as many turns as you start with. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like, and, and it's, you, you always want the like blank slate thing, right? Like you want a space in which you are free to start from the beginning and creep things up as a way of, of, of introducing new content. And, you know, the reason that you can't have that is because, well, you're looking at the product of eight years of you doing that. You know, and, and I, yeah. Yeah. Scarfedon says, I've heard you say in the past that Kingdom of Loathing is a silly name and that you came up with it on a whim. If you had the chance to go back in time, kick yourself in the nuts, and rebrand KOL with no adverse consequences to the time stream, would you do it? Assuming you went through with the aforementioned nuts kickery, what would you call KOL? You know, having tried to name things since then, and things that... Like, I assume that if I make a project now that there will be some number of tens of thousands of people that look at it right and that is a pressure that very much did not exist in the early days uh, of this and and it was a pressure that would have crippled me and caused me to probably come up with something dissatisfying as a name you know if i had known then what i knew now i would have been too terrified to take even the first steps or as with naming the new game, we discuss endless inter- iterations and nothing satisfies. Yeah. The, uh, but, you know, like, right now we've been calling it Word Realms for so long that it's just called Word Realms now, and mm. that's going to be fine. Like, yeah. it's going to be fine. Uh, Kingdom of Loathing is fine, it being called Kingdom of Loathing. You know, you get funny looks when you tell the plebs about it. Um, and I don't know if I believe... Hot stuff when he says that when you hand out the Choose Your Own Adventures in line at Comic Con, people think that because it has the word kingdom in it that it's a religious tract. Like, well, people think that it's because something that appears to have some substance that's being handed to you for free and has the word kingdom in it that it's a religious tract. I, huh. My gut feeling would be that having it called Kingdom of Loathing is has been more of a help than a hindrance you think because if it was called like ashes of earth that's a perfectly fine sounding name for a game but it is kind of a normal sounding name for a game you know like kingdom of fake namia or fake nameopolis or you know yeah which that i think i would not i would not want to do that right like i don't like that 
principle for for naming a game, which is why it, for Word Realms, we if we were gonna name it like you know Realms of X, X had to be really really good, or I was gonna reject it, and nobody came up with anything. We just didn't. We were not able to come up with anything that didn't didn't make it sound like some edutainment bullshit. Right. Although I still think that Math Wizards is the best possible name for it. Um, I and I, yeah, I don't think like Kingdom of Loathing though is the kind of name that you are going to put in an article about the kinds of video games a serial killer played. Hmm. I think that's only because we happen to have a serial killer play, though. You think? Yeah. I mean, loathing it, is such it, a weird word because it's it's not really in common parlance. It's not, I but it's it also a, not. It has a negative it connotation. That it's silly, right? It doesn't have a. I mean, I guess it it, it has that silly. little bit of like a Gonzo connotation. It is kind of silly, though. It's not like Kingdom of Blood Spatter. I guess the kingdom of loathing. I feel like it is a little bit like kingdom of murder. That's because kingdom of of hatred. I mean, if it was kingdom of hatred, you would think that it was some you know goth bullshit. That has a different feeling though to to me. Like I think because we are literate, you know, like a, a little more so than the average bear. That loathing sounds like we hear it as what it is, instead of like. Huh, what a we, quaint we way is to a say word, that. A word we know about in conjunction with a Hunter S. Thompson story. Or you hear it as a synon- uh, like a synonym of hatred that you would use instead of like that kind of means hatred, but it's also kind of a quaint and funny way to say that. Yeah. I mean, I like... I would be hard-pressed to come up with a title that actually tells you anything about the game. You know, right. like... Wacky Fantasy World Kingdom. <laughs> like, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I am having trouble with the like the Kingdom of Loathing comic book being called Kingdom of Loathing. Makes it hard. I, I'm trying to write a little press pack. People have asked for it to hand out to their at their comic shop to see if the comic shop will contact us and carry it. And it's like, okay, well, I start off by Kingdom of Loathing, the game, is a thing that a lot of people like, and it's an established brand. And then now we're talking about Kingdom of Loathing, the comic book. But it's not really called Kingdom of Loathing, the comic book. It's just called Kingdom of Loathing. But if it were called anything else, our fans wouldn't recognize it. I don't know. You know, I honestly don't know that that's an issue. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know that... I don't know that we are going to get a lot of people who see this at a comic book shop say, I played that game, I recognize that name, I should buy that comic book. You don't think? I do. I don't... I, I feel like the bulk... The bulk of our sales to KOL players are going to be us selling it at a store. Which makes it so we can make it called whatever we want it to be called, right? Like I just I don't know. I mean, we are we are a big deal on the internet, right? And like we could say post it on Metafilter, and a significant portion of Metafilter readers would be like, oh, I know what Kingdom of Loathing is. You know, it could be on it could be on Reddit, and people would upvote it because they're like, oh yeah, I've heard of that. But in the real world, like 
I don't think that the saturation of brand awareness is even really noticeable. Yeah, but I think that there are... I think that there are 50 people in the Twin Cities area who have both played Kingdom of Loathing and go to comic shops. Yeah. And I would even say I think there are 50 people in the Minneapolis area who both play Kingdom of Loathing, go to comic shops, and aren't actively involved enough in the game to have heard about this yet. Or at least missed the Kickstarter and would rather go buy it at the shop. I'm honestly curious, just from a, like, you know, no, like, it is impossible to visualize these things, right? Like, the, yeah. there's the number of people in the world versus the number of people who have played this. I don't really have a good sense of what either of those numbers are, Yeah, uh, you know, in, in a conceptual framework. So, like, I, I don't know that I think that on a given day in Phoenix that anyone who knows about Kingdom of Loathing, if you can say with any certainty that someone who walks into this comic store today has played Kingdom Floating. Hmm. Like, it it might be the case, right? On any given day, it might be the case that there is, there is effectively a 100% chance that that happens. But I don't know. I mean, it could it could say Kingdom of Loathing and then have a different title that was larger, right? Like, mm-hmm. it could say Kingdom of Loathing enough that you'd notice it if you knew what that meant. I don't know. I kind of, like, except for the awkwardness in talking about it, I think it's okay for that to be the title of the book. Every issue has its own title. I think this whole yeah. arc will have a title when it's done. So, you know, the trade paperback will be called Kingdom of Loathing Colon something. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I would like to think that if it's at a comic shop, people, even people who don't know what Kingdom is, will see the cover and want to buy it. I don't know. I also like. I mean, I don't. Th- I don't think it is any different than any other unknown comic, right? I mean, th- right. because this is not some like black and white bullshit on the indie shelf which you would just ignore, right? right? Like th- this is th- this is a good looking thing. Like I think people are just as likely to buy this as they are any other random uh, color comic that's on a shelf that yeah. they don't know anything about if they're just browsing right like they'll they'll open it up they'll see that the art is good that it's funny and then maybe they'll buy it you know yeah i also want to put a little page up at kingdom when the thing is done with addresses of stores that have it oh yeah yeah because i'd like to direct people to comic shops i feel like if we can move some copies of it like we don't make really any money on it when somebody buys it at a comic shop we kind of break even but we then don't have to ship anything and Patrick doesn't have to do anything yeah so yeah yeah I think, and I mean I think you it's know worth it. like and then it makes it more likely that the comic shop will buy some more of them right in the future right I mean it, like it it, it it establishes the comic as a brand, which would be awesome, right? I mean, you know, it'd be it'd be awesome if that just became a thing. Yeah. You know, and it's like it, it might, maybe maybe it will, because they're fucking good. Uh, you're real good at writing comic book scripts. It turns out. Yeah, thanks. Um, Nightwind two writes: Tarnished charm is silver, but too tarnished to kill werewolves. Are there any other items that would work if you'd made a list of things from the material instead of just checking for the word silver? <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, we can't use a silver West name. Did the council really not use silver? So the problem with that was that there were only five spaces in the choice adventure uh, thing, unless I were to completely rewrite the way that it worked. Uh, so I just had to pick the five most commonly available silver things that I felt were of decent size that you could melt them down and make a shotgun shell. Like, the, I, fe- I, I don't think that it would have been kind to let people melt down the, the wasp name because that thing is fucking hard to get. Right? right? And the 37, the subject 37 lapel pin thing that you get, I didn't want to let them do that either. Apparently, nobody cared about the pate knife because everybody on deck was like, yeah, fuck that, let us melt that down. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> but those are the five that you can do, right? So there are too many items for us to for us to address every possibility with these kind of things. Casey Wiederman says, hey, Jake and Scully, so you got me thinking about platforms and how they'd relate to KOL. As a thought experiment, how would the kingdom have evolved as an app running on top of Glitch? And how about if KOL was a platform itself? I suppose, in a way, it already is, the prime example being Front's Quest. I don't know if I would say that's the prime... I mean, I would say the examples of KOL being a platform now are things like Space Trip and Alice's Army and, you know, the other the other stuff in the, in the game grid and, like, these one-off things that are basically like different experiences that people are having inside this like i mean kol is kind of a platform at this point like there's enough people hanging out using it all the time that we have stuff that exists in kol that doesn't really have anything to do with the game of kol right although we were a little annoyed when armac said that in dev well, he said but because Armac he said, said that kol is more and more becoming a platform for mini games but then he described like the mall as a mini game, which yeah. is just nonsense, right? Like, and so, yeah, uh, sure, sure, sure. You're right. You're right to point out my hypocrisy there. <laughs> uh, unnamed hobo says last year's rewards, most notably the beard, pretty much topped the list in terms of crimbo rewards. While it's confirmed that Elf Alley won't be returning and Uncle Hobo won't have his beard anymore, I'd like to imagine that you guys don't want to screw over people who didn't happen to come to the game at that time or went into hiatus and unfortunately came back too late. There is, however, the possibility of introducing another item with the same functionality, a la some of the past few items of the month. With this in mind, is a functionally same but otherwise completely different and non-stackable crimbo gift something you would consider? Thanks, you guys rock. I don't like the... I don't like the idea that we have screwed people over by making awesome things available for a limited period of time. Right. Right? I really don't like that interpretation of the situation. Because it's like you can never giving you can never give anybody a present without it being a punishment to everybody who doesn't get the present. Like that's just not that's no way to live. <laughs> Believing that that's what happened there is no way to live. And uh, you know when concerns like this demonstrate themselves to be genuine and legitimate, we address them, and we will do so. That does not mean that this crimbo, we're going to trip over ourselves making sure that we introduce something that gives people who weren't here for last crimbo the same mechanical benefits that the people who were here for it get, right? Because that's not how we operate, right? Like the, no. Crimbo is one of the ways in which we treat the world of KOL like a world and not like a video game. You know, and It's about so, the narrative, man. That's that's the that's the driving force. That's the you know that's that's this the true spirit of Crimbo is like hey play this stuff and have some fun you know 
and don't don't you know don't sweat the numbers too much. Uh, Paragon99 says, The description for the Silver Bullet beer mentions the can is made of silver. Would it be possible that after drinking it, we get an empty can of Silver Bullet that could then be melted into Silver Bullet shotgun shells? Maybe since it's frat beer, we smash it on our foreheads so we get a flattened empty can of Silver Bullet beer? Uh, See, previous answer. Like, yes, that's funny, uh, but there weren't enough spots for silver stuff. Uh, Takenoko says, I hear the bosses in Rage drop cards when you beat them. Could we get a mechanic like this in KOL? Be a nice thing to put in your display case to show how many times one has beaten a boss. Maybe it could work as the expansion pack to the Alice's Army set. (laughs) What we need to do is change all of our content to, our combat to card-based combat. Because that is the wave of the future. Ooh, we should retire and get uh, Landon from Metroplexity to take over development like he's doing for Twilight Heroes and actually have him replace KOL's combat with card-based combat. That would be great, because then instead of like swinging your sword at the monster, you could go through your deck until you find a card that says Sword Swing, and then you could play that. You know, you you, you, you say that, but I actually really, really like the combat in Metroplexity. Oh, so yeah, my experience with card-based combat was uh, the... What's the game with the... Disney characters and the Squaresoft oh, characters. King, King, the Game Boy Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah, so having it. watched somebody play Kingdom Hearts, I'm like, oh, this is Kingdom Hearts for the Game Boy Advance. I'll try that shit. And it's like, instead of getting to fight things, you just organize a deck, and then you the deck fights for you. Yeah, I mean, metri- the way the Metroplexity works is a lot more like you make a deck, and then you sort of like play poker, kind of. Like, you you perform actions by setting up straights of, uh, of various... And, like, the, a round of combat can be extremely complicated, and you can do a lot of things in it if you get the right hand of cards. But you can always do something. You can always attack. You can always shoot them. You can always, like, you know, do an evasive maneuver or whatever, even if you get a really unlucky draw. Yeah. Like, it adds it adds what, what I find to be a really interesting element to combat that is just, like... Yeah, you know, it, it's it's a novel thing. It's a new and different thing that is that is cool. It it is certainly possible to do card based combat bad. You know, you and and part of it is you don't want every fight to be like a game of magic, which could take like an hour, right? Um, that I I I keep going back and forth on whether I want to buy, and I you know I should just buy this because it's like ten bucks, and I definitely want to support the developers of things like this. This game that I don't remember the name of that came out on Steam recently that's sort of like Puzzle Quest except you're playing this kind of weird poker variant instead of Bejeweled huh. against your enemies. Um, it was fun. I, I enjoyed playing the demo and I intended to buy it. I just haven't done it. Because every time I go to do it, I'm like, well, was it fun enough to actually buy and start playing? You know what you would probably like, actually, is uh, Sword and Poker for the iPod Touch. Sword and Poker? I'll check that out. Sword and- yeah, it's like a it's like a, it's like an RPG, but you're fighting dudes using like the sort of five by five grid of cards that you play on you play cards on the outsides of huh. to make poker hands. It's it's fun. Right. And we ran out of time, Mr. Skullhead. We ran out of time before we ran out of forum thread questions. Hey, cool. We never Is did that... get a chance to get back to that personal shit that we were gonna talk about. Did we succeed then or did we fail? I don't know. Was that what we were supposed to be doing or I don't understand. I think we succeeded at making ourselves happy. Let's just declare ourselves the winner tonight of uh, the whole thread. 
the entire show. We won the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And you all set. To, you all uh, set to carry us out of here on on wings of glorious music. There we go. Now we have wings of song to be carried out upon. Uh, we'll see you next week, folks. <laughs>